Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is August 16th, 2015. My name is Eric Peterson. Joining me today, Miss Jess Clarkson. Hello. Actually, I should probably call you Mrs. No. Jess Clarkson. <laughs> what about Ms.? Ms.? With a Z? Yeah, I'm good with that. Can I call you Ma'am Jess Clarkson? Oh, someone in... Uh, my work the other day, I was sitting in the classroom, and they called me that lady over there. Ooh. Like, that is so old. Ooh. It was brutal. We've got Mr. Tom Clark. I'm sorry, Tom Reagan. <laughs> Why did I say Clark? <laughs> Where did I get Clark from? <laughs> We're almost related now. That's amazing. Oh, Tom Clark. Hmm. Tom Clark. That sounds like a porn name. <laughs> Tom's Clark. Tom Clark. Mm. <laughs> uh, there, was a, guys. there was a lady that actually yelled at me once when I was at GameStop uh, because she came into the store and, and I guess I misjudged her age. And I said, is there anything I can help you with, ma'am? And she flipped. She's like, do I look like a ma'am? <laughs> like aggressively got mad? Yes, like actually upset that I called her ma'am. I usually make a joke about it, and I'll be like, oh my god, I'm so old. But, like, uh, to be super mad, because some people in the South, I think, that's a thing that they call you, like, yeah. as endearment. Uh, I was in France, and I was in a restaurant, and I asked this woman in French for what I was after. And I said, mademoiselle, instead of madame. And she kind of flipped. Really? What's the difference? One is like Miss and Mrs. No, like Mademoiselle would be for like a younger, like a girl, and Madame would be for an older lady. So I thought that's that's more of a compliment (laughs) because she was like older, and I said Mademoiselle. But even for like, obviously, I'm sure you don't have a fluent French accent, so I'm sure she could tell that you're not a native French speaker. Have you met any Mm. French people? Yes, I know. But... <laughs> no, I agreed. I was definitely on holiday. I was on like a ski resort, for God's sake. Yeah. And it was clearly not not French, but I was uh, doing my best because it's At what you do. you tried. Yeah. You know what? Before I forget, Dan is not here today because <sighs> Dan's internet is garbage. Absolute toilet. Just absolute <laughs> bottom of the bowl toilet. <laughs> Apparently, we were really struggling the other day to to get connected to play some Rocket League because our our schedules kind of lined up where all three of us could play, and Dan's internet just dropped its pants. Yeah, and he never tried. He never came back. No, so there's a there's a lot going on there because he always like my internet's great. It's not mine. It's like okay, now clearly it is yours because it just doesn't work. And then he sent us a message about something about the line into the house needing to be fixed. But then I got a message the other day, like, we've got a new router on order. And hmm. I'm not sure he knows what he's talking about. Maybe they went cable. Maybe they got a guy around and they went went for a different uh, That'd be all- method oh, yeah, of connectivity. DSL is pants. Yeah. His DSL. parents' house was like that for a while, too, because the line actually coming into the house was destroyed and they needed to replace uh, it 
My friend lives in a village near where I grew up, and their village is so small that three houses share one phone line. Really? Yeah. So if you like, who who actually gets the phone? Like, does it split into it all the houses? Splits, it, yeah, it kind of splits. Uh, you can make f- like telecommunication phone calls separately, but when it comes to the internet, this is like five years ago, but it's probably. Oh, okay. But but it was like, um, so I remember connecting up to fifty six k. It would be more like twenty or fourteen point something k Jeez. each. So if three of you are on the internet at the same time, it was just impossible just pretty much to do anything. Up. So yeah, like you had to be really, you had to strategically plan when you were going to hit the internet. Wow. Yeah. That's rough. That's village life, country life, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we don't, like, we're out in the country-ish, like I live in a small town, but we don't have, um, like, fiber at all like we can't get it it's not going to happen for a few years probably now but we have like the best internet package that we could get because we do everything i don't think i could move out of a big city knowing that i wouldn't have comparable internet to what i have now and yeah the cable company down here is actually installing um gigabit internet all throughout the city. So within a few years, everybody's going to have access to one gig internet. So it's going to be gigabit download, gigabit upload. Who's that? Cox. Comcast? As in big old Cox. <laughs> you know, we Coming thought about going with you. dicks, but we just wanted to be a little bit more obscure. We're just going to call it Cox internet. Because <laughs> people stream porn on the internet, right? Let's just call it Cox and get it over with. <laughs> That's definitely why they call it that. Um, yeah, that's pretty good thing about being in London, I guess, is we have fiber optic across the board. Um, it's like running water, man. I couldn't be without it. Like you've got to, I pay a good price for internet. It's not worth having a crappy paddock. What do you pay for fiber internet? Um, 31 pound 50 a month. Um, I think that's super personally. Um, Yeah, so that we, is that's not too bad. Yeah, so I split it with my partner, and it's pretty good. We split all those costs. Um, yeah, if you get like normal DSL, it's, it's more like twenty five, twenty two, but you have to get a phone line and pay the line rental for that. But we don't have any phone line; we just have pure internet. So yeah, that's all we have in our house: no cable, no phone, just yeah. internet. Yeah, I think it's only fifty bucks a month for fifty down, twenty up. Nice. That's really good. That's good. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's that we've talked about moving back to the Midwest and we would have to move into a big city that's got decent internet cuz it's just I couldn't go back down to 5 down, 1 up. 5 yeah. down, fuck. Well, I remember when we were all in college and we were signing up for, you know, we'd get our our apartment or our house and we'd get the the cable internet package and we were pumped when he, when we could finally afford 3 meg. Yeah. <laughs> that was back in 2007. Back in the Fuck day. Everything. Back in the day <laughs> when the internet was still in its infancy. <laughs> so, you did you guys see those? Yeah, you obviously saw those pictures of that haboob that I survived this week, yeah. right? Yeah. That shit crazy. was awesome. It was one it of the actually, biggest that we've had. It took me a second to remember what haboob meant because... 
it's just not a word I come across very often. Yeah. It uh, was, it made, I don't know if it made national news, but it made a lot of news outlets for a couple of reasons. The, one of the, the most popular mountains down here to hike on is called Camelback. And for some unknown reasons, people still hike that mountain in the summer when it's 110. And this whole past week has been record setting heat. Um, I think two days ago we broke the record for the high and it was 118. Uh, but uh, there were people up on top of that mountain when the dust storm came rolling through, and they had to just climb under boulders and shit to stay safe. It was, it was fun. That's insane. I was, I was down visiting a customer, and um, all of a sudden everybody started running outside, and the guy I was visiting came back in, and he said, if you're going to get out of the area, you should probably get out now. Because the, the school district that I used to work at is where I was visiting, and it's at the southern end of the city, so right up against the desert. And I walked outside and saw this huge dust storm probably about 10 miles away. And I took those pictures as I was driving down towards it to get to the road to shoot out of the area. And as I got down to the road, it was starting to catch up to me. So this dust storm is just marching along behind me. And fuck, it was it was pretty awesome. That's crazy. There was a motorcyclist behind me that I could see in my rearview mirror, just this spot of light. And I'm like, oh, dude, he's he's going to get destroyed. And then he just suddenly disappeared in the sand behind me. It 100% reminded me of Mad Max. <laughs> see, I was thinking more of uh, Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. I think that's oh, okay. where his plane, his plane gets absorbed into the, 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 the dust cloud and then he comes busting through. Because I ended up having to pull over to the side of the road. I'm like, this just isn't safe. And the motorcyclist just went zipping right by. Really? Idiot. That's just not safe. That is not they don't place. last that long, though. But then as soon as that's over, then the rain hits. Because a haboob is formed through rain hitting the desert, and it kicks up the dust. And then the storm pushes the sand out in front of it. So once uh, the sand is passed, then you get the rain. So now you've got mud falling from the sky. Oh, my God. Jesus. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, there's a lot of damage worst type of boob ever worst yeah. boob i love boobs but not her boobs <laughs> that was awful looks sounds like yeah. a scene out of total recall <laughs> <laughs> the tri boob <laughs> oh dear probably one of the most awkward scenes <laughs> man would need to evolve a third arm to accommodate that could you handle a third jess I feel like it would just be too much, like placement-wise. So? No. It would or would be... you rather go down to a single? Single? Like just one in the center. Monoboob. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That just would look so terrible, I think. Have you guys ever oh. seen the movie Kung Pao? Oh, yes, I've seen it. The panda one? Is, no, no, that's Kung Fu it, Panda. <laughs> the Kung Fu film, which is, which is like dubbed. It, yeah, Steve Odekirk. Yeah, I've seen that. It's so yeah, funny. You gotta, that's where I got the mono boob from. The, uh, <laughs> check out the chat there. It's a it's a girl who's just got one boob right in the center of her chest. Yeah, oh. I remember her now. I was, like, I was thinking, where have I seen a mono boob before? Not in real life, that's for sure. Okay, that looks better than... I just pictured no, that like it was horrid. as wide, but my brain went to like a really wide, like two boobs into one that was just like really floppy and gross. No, no, just one of your boobs 
shifted to the middle of your chest. I think I'd rather have one than three because it would get so sweaty in between your boobs. And that would be gross. <laughs> like if you had three, there's not enough room. It's <laughs> a fair point, eh? Picture that next time. Yeah, that's true. Because some people's boobs get real big. I mean, that shit would start to wrap around to the back. Yeah. <laughs> what about one in the front, one in the back? That would be so uncomfortable. No, that would be all right, because wouldn't that distribute the weight a little bit more evenly? Yeah. But, like, if you're leaning back, you'd always be leaning on your boob and, like, crushing it. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a built-in pillow. I feel like they got it right with two. In the front. One. Yeah. I mean, someone a whole lot smarter than us designed that, so <laughs> that's, all, that's all right. Yeah, it works. I'll stick with none, if that's okay. <laughs> none. none versus these weird combinations. Yes. Yes. Just none. So, um, we took a week off last week. I don't really know why, but... Yeah, what happened? I just don't think... Oh, uh... We were going to have you... to... I needed to make it earlier. And oh, then... Yeah, and that... That would have been at like 6 a.m. my time. Yeah. Um, it was a timing hmm. thing. Twas. Twas. Yeah. Uh, what else has been going on? Anything new and exciting for you guys? Not really. I'm still kind of moving. We're, we're, <laughs> almost, we're almost done, but I like the How much are blank. And, can you possibly yeah. have to put in a 500 square foot room? <laughs> It's a decent size flat, man. It's decent. It's it's way bigger than our last place, and I know that sounds hard to believe, but it is not the closet you you thought it was. <laughs> you sent me the floor plan with the dimensions. It's it small. It, yeah, but it's by London standards. It is good size. That's true. Yeah, and um, it's a little bit cheaper than our last place. Nice. When you work. So if out. you. If you moved into a house over here, you would probably just claim one bedroom and just leave the rest of the house empty because it's what you're used to. Yeah, I couldn't fill a house in America. Well, in America, the progression of life is that you buy a house and the house just becomes a roof for your shit. Yeah. I and that's all that. it is. I mean, yes. when Christy and I lived in apartments, like, you know, we can live pretty frugally, but now that we got a house, just buy some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a lawnmower, and my lawn is like 143 square feet. And I can clip it with a scissor. Very intensely, there does it. During the winter, it does. Mm. If you have winter grass, that's so, so weird. It's pretty good. Like it's a bit, it's a bit cheaper. And my girlfriend's just got a new job, which is cool. And it means that we're able to spend more money on just like holidays and stuff. I mean, we went to, we've been to the states twice this year, and we're going to. Uh, the island of Tenerife in a couple of weeks, which is just off Africa. That's helpful. So look at this guy, look at you, pretty cool. Yeah. baller over here. I think that's our, that'll be our last little vacation this year. That's what we refer to as lifestyle creep. Lifestyle creep. I make more money. I spend more money. <laughs> For the longest time, as soon as I got out of college, I told myself, once I start making more money, I'm still going to live like I lived in college. No, <laughs> I'm not. No. I'm going to afford some finer things in life. 
Yeah. Like a new microphone mount. <laughs> I bought one of those arms that clips onto your desk, and it's like a big old spring-loaded scissor arm. And oh. then while I was ordering that, I decided to get a shock mount. Oh. But then you. a guy we were playing with last night showed me that it is entirely possible to just take a rock band microphone, duct tape it to a piece of wood, and create your own pop filter with an old sock and a hanger and duct tape that to the contraption. Is this Dan? No. We played he had a rock band mic going on for a little bit. Yeah, but he actually spent the $12 to get a microphone stand. <laughs> we played with a guy named O.J. Sheridan on Rocket League last night. Uh, I think he's one of our listeners. If not, he came from Manatank. But um, yeah, it was a pretty abysmal setup that didn't work at all. That's pretty impressive, <laughs> though, that MacGyvering. Yeah. I think it was out of necessity. He looked like he was about college age. He had his he had his cam on, but no sound. <laughs> it was a very strange course funny. of events. It was funny. I have to applaud the uh, the creativity with that. I remember just as soon as you saw the picture, you were like, "Is that a diaper on your microphone?" <laughs> <laughs> it really looked like an old infant diaper just, just stuck to his microphone. Just kept re- like going through all the different possibilities of what this contraption was the dude's like and then eric was like hurry up and get your microphone working so you can defend yourself here from this onslaught of your modified mic then i tried to start it troubleshooting it and and, uh he was typing something i I asked him what was on the base of it and he's like no it's plugged into a piece of wood i'm like well there's your first fucking problem you have the microphone plugged into a piece of wood you should try plugging it into your computer and it might work IT background for you right there. <laughs> Did you try turning it off and turning it on again? No. How do you turn wood off? <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a good time. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some Rocket League, Tom. I can't like it's just I know we're a retro podcast, <laughs> but god damn it, Rocket League. It's so hard to not to not talk about Rocket League. For, for at least a short time. Because that game is so entertaining. It's so addictive. Jess, you got to play it sometime. If you have Jess, it if you have any sort of savings in the bank right now, you have to go buy a PS4 and Rocket League. You will <laughs> not be disappointed. It is 100% worth the price of entry. Yeah. Because when I first played it, I downloaded it. Every time the new PS Plus games come out, I download them all. And I usually give them about 30 seconds to engage me. I'm like, well, screw this. <laughs> yeah. You know, take uh, take that Sticks game or whatever the hell it was, <laughs> that stealth game. It's yeah. probably a fantastic game, but it took way too long to get into it. I went, nope, didn't pay for this, don't care. Apotheon, nope, didn't care. Uh, I, the list goes on. This game, yes. same thing. And then Tom goes, I'm going to teach you Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> and he taught me Rocket League and... I can't put it down. Last night after dinner, I told Christy, I'm just going to go play a couple rounds. Three hours later, I went to bed. <laughs> That's yeah. the worst. Oh, yeah. God. I was playing it last night with Eric and until about 1 a.m. my time. 
And then I had to do that thing of like creeping into bed right? to make sure <laughs> I didn't wake wake her up. Because um, if she wakes up and says, "Thomas, where have you been?" <laughs> you better have a goddamn good excuse. And Rocket League is probably not one of them. <laughs> no, it's not. There is it. If Especially it, if you had something really important to do the next morning, like we're gonna go to my parents for breakfast, <laughs> and you're, just, you're tired as hell, and your parent, her parents, were like, "Thomas, why are you so tired?" Like Rocket League. <laughs> I'm actually impressed with your accent right now. He's been working I've been on it. I've been working on it. Yeah. I do what Tom calls taking the piss quite frequently. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like taking the piss has actually improved my British accent. Nice. <laughs> So therefore, if you want to improve your accents, make fun of people, I guess. That's just it. That makes I mean, sense. I could but you have to be willing to try other lines, Dan. You can't just scream about cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to have a bit of creativity with the, with the vocalization. So what, what do you think it is about Rocket League that makes it as entertaining as it is? I think it's just like it's easy. It's like there's only two buttons, pretty much, right? Apart from like switching cameras and stuff like that, it's just boost and jump, and yeah, then, and accelerate and break. Yeah, so it's pretty accessible. If you've got a friend or two to play with, you can like it's a typical team game. Everyone knows it's just two goals and a ball. Everyone's played a sport like that before. So it's yes, like football, yeah, um, or soccer, hockey, or, or hockey, uh, yeah. basketball, yeah, yeah, um, rugby, and lacrosse, are, and there are cars with boosters, and you can flip around and jump and r- drive on the walls, and what's not to love about it? I think my favorite aspect of this game, and it has nothing to do with the game itself, is. The community. Everybody is so unbelievably friendly and positive. Yeah. Unlike a lot of other online gaming communities that tend to become very toxic very quickly because of the competitive nature. This is probably the most competitive game I've ever played and gotten into because usually the community just takes a dump all over the enjoyment. (laughs) That's true, actually. That's a really good point. Um, It's like... uh people in the team chat and stuff like you can really screw up and nobody gives you shit for it. Like everyone's like, yeah, whatever it's rocket league, you know, like it's it's not an easy game. There's a whole series of, of quick chat options that you can access through the D pad. And it's like apologies, congratulations, acknowledgements and, um, commands. And each there's four within each. There's 16 total. And they're like, you can communicate the two most common that you want to use. If you're going to be effective are, um, during the face-off, you tell your partner if you if you've got it or if you're defending, and that kind of helps your you work together as a team. But um, yeah. I think the most vulgar one is just a bunch of random <laughs> characters that are supposed to in they're supposed to imply that you're cursing. But when you when you miss a shot and you put something like that, everyone's like, no problem, and you can just tell that everyone's like, it was a it, it, you're you're hitting a ball with a car. It's not yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's just it. I think even if you really master this game, it's still a challenge to actually always connect with the ball. Like it's, it's too random, especially when there's loads of cars on the field 
and they were all going for the same thing. Like there could be eight cars going for the same ball at one one point. And so, that's where I, I yeah. think the balance is a bit off. I think some people may enjoy the four v four. Yeah, I think three on three is what's considered standard, but even for me, three on three is too much. Yeah, the two two v two is where it's at, and. I think you and I started that started playing that just as like, well, let's see what this is all about because there's two of us and we want to be able to communicate. And that's all I play exclusively is 2v2. Yeah, I jump between twos and threes. I quite like with a 3v3 if somebody spends more time in goal. and then See, that's what I don't like about it is that there's always just a dedicated, you know somebody's going to be sitting there. And it just, <laughs> I, yeah. I think it eliminates a lot of the team aspect of it. Yeah, I I don't mind hanging back though and defending. Like that can be that can be quite fun. Like pulling off epic saves and stuff. Yeah, I, I'm terrible be... at defending. I'm all about just the obnoxious aggression. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> yeah. He wants all the glory, Jess. <laughs> Except when Tom comes in and steals. It's like there's my perfect shot. I'm out of boost. I just need to guard this, and fucking Tom just comes sailing in from the side. And whoever nudges the ball last. <laughs> It doesn't matter who made the amazing shot from the other side of the court. <laughs> Tom nudges it as it goes into the goal. It gives him the goal and me the assist. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Here's one so, for Tommy. <laughs> Chalk one up for Thomas. A little, little nudge. <laughs> if you look at the leaderboards and look at my assists versus the rest of the people on my friends list, I'm way at the top. Just Nice. <laughs> I fell uh, I fell in playing with a guy last night that um, he and I had just insane teamwork. So we joined up in a party together and uh, just you get into a really good rhythm with it. And he usually would stay back and defend. But if I would miss a shot, he would take off and go down and get it. And then I'd start defending. And it's just we clicked with everything. I think in the yeah. 15 or 20 matches we played, we lost one. Yeah, it's it's good when you find a another guy who's just going next match, next match, next match, and you have a good connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. And here's the thing with Rocket League. Like, i not really much of a trophy person with PlayStation, but and I've never platinumed a game, but I've got a feeling that I might try and platinum Rocket yeah, League. Yeah, I would have been one step closer to platinuming it last <laughs> night had you not screwed me. So there's a very difficult shot, Jess, that you have to pull off by... Using oh. one of your opponents, you have to hit them because when you hit them, it, it, it disorients them and nudges them away. So you have to nudge oh. your opponent into the ball, which then sends the ball into the goal. And I did that, but we were right at the goal line, probably two feet away. <laughs> and Tom's on the other side and he goes, Oh, it's going in, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> if I'd have known, then I would have let it go. But that, like, you have to force them to get an own goal, basically? No, you have to use them to shoot it into your goal, but you have to hit that car. It's it's a billiard shot, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because when you bump them, it, it jolts them in a, a little distance, depending on how hard you hit them. So you have to hit them, they have to hit the ball, and then the ball has to go into the goal. Um, it sucks. It's a I, very hard shot. And it's not one you can ever actually try to plan. It just has to happen. And it was perfect. This was your moment to shine. Totally. You watch the replay and it's like, oh my god, that was awesome. Oh, Tom. <laughs> it was just all, it was all me, though. It was all to do with the run. You gotta look at the whole the big picture, Jess. It was, 
And um, I, I think actually I read somewhere that um, they might do an update on Rocket League for the stadiums. Like they might move the goals a little bit or add like contours on the pitch and stuff. They might get a bit creative with that. That would be pretty so, sweet. I'd, yeah, be that'd good. be cool if they made a made a playlist that had those because I still really like the originals. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I wouldn't want them to tweak it too much. And I thought about getting the DLC, but the DLC is only just custom cosmetic. Shit. Yeah, yeah, I can live so, without that. I can live without that too. I think it would um, be really cool if they added like a goal way up at the top. Yeah, like a two point goal. Just mer- maybe like five times the size of the ball or something like that, half the size of the normal goal, but it's way up at the top. Yeah, okay. I I think they should start doing stuff like that. Like, have separate modes. They could really expand on this game. It's it's pretty cool. I'd like it whereby you could have maybe a team of people you know a bit like on GTA when you register your gang online and stuff. So you could have like a, a, yeah, like a global leaderboard. That would be really good. Like an actual league. Well, see, that's the thing. I think this game is a runaway success. I don't think they anticipated it yeah. to be this good. No. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with them giving it away on PSN. Because yeah. I honestly would have never given this game a second no. look. Me neither. And it's actually not, it's not actually that cheap if you buy it on its own. It's about $20. Yeah. Um, so To be honest, it's, not- it's fully... it's. It, Maybe I'm just speaking out of the honeymoon stage, but I would have paid full price for this. Yeah. I mean, I even if they released like this now. as like a $40 game, it'd be worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, knowing what it is now, for sure. Um, it's just there's there's so much that can happen in it, and I think so much of it is luck. You, be, you, you become more comfortable with how your car controls, mm-hmm. but you can never reliably say i can pull that shot off yeah (laughs) because as you the best way to hit the ball jess is you can do a little you can do technically a double jump you can jump and then you can hit x again but then within that you can do flips to kind of kick the ball you know like bicycle oh that's cool and depending on how you hit the ball will send it sailing in different directions so if you don't hit it in the exact right spot it's not going to go in the right direction so mm-hmm. it is, th- there's so it's, much luck to it that it, you just want to play it over and over and over because you want those awesome shots. There's a round that Dan and I played that just had some of the most insane shots where he's up on the wall, he boosts off the wall, hits the ball down to the center of the court. I do a bicycle kick and kick it into the goal. It's like, there's no way you could ever pull that shit off again. Yeah. Do you think really- that that's why it's not as competitive in terms of like shit talking and having a good community oh absolutely because i don't feel i feel like there is skill because you can definitely tell when somebody sucks but i think that's more or less their understanding of the mechanics of the game where learn to play your position and learn when to jump to hit the ball you can't reliably say i'm gonna always hit it right here to spin it because it's always different yeah yeah and it, it has this cool thing of like you can the thing I find about Rocket League is you can either jump on it for five minutes and quickly play a couple of games, or you can spend hours on it. So it's a casual game and something you can spend a lot of time on, for sure. Um, I've spent more time on this game than I have on The Witcher Three and Dragon Age Origin or Dragon <laughs> Age Inquisition combined. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it's just got that whole oh, just one more, just one more, just one more. You know, and uh, well, they're I haven't quick had that enough. with a game for ages. Yeah. 
I haven't felt Each match about is like five minutes max. Well, I, won't, I don't say max, but at its shortest, it's five minutes. And then depending on how many goals you score and if it goes into overtime, you oh, know, yeah. 10 minutes a match, roughly. That's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> and they are, they're so intense. Like, even Christy, she she loves watching this because she's, she's like, I don't really care about the game. It's the intensity of it. It's so flippin' intense because if somebody's shooting towards the goal and you have enough boost to get down there, you have to make that connection to knock it out of the way. And everything about it is so tense. It's just, I love it. You, you need to be like, and guide it on its way and, and get it definitely in the net for the other team. <laughs> Just, just help it, help it in. You know, how'd you do? I like to nudge it in. I like to give them a, a chance. You want to be the one. <laughs> I will have you know that uh, yesterday I was playing around with my capture card, just recording some stuff, and the match that I ended up recording uh, about a minute and a half into it, my partner dropped. So it was me versus two other people. We were down two to three, and usually that's just a death sentence in Rocket League because. There's nothing you can do against two of them. Usually in that situation, one person is just dedicated to griefing you where they just nudge you around and and bump into you the entire time because you can't do anything. And the other person just scores goals. But I came back and won it. Wow. What? I watched that video. But um, I can't believe you you literally gave like two goals away. Oh, yeah. like Just by by not driving to the middle. Well, I did drive to the middle on one of them but i jumped a little too high and it just went under me and then the other one is like i'm just going to defend this and at yeah that was not a smart choice but as soon as he dropped my whole goal was like i just don't want this to be a massive blowout and uh i scored a goal and tied it up and figured okay maybe i can actually win this thing so it was it was uh 4 to 4 and then i started scoring i scored two more goals and then they got those two goals in a row and mm-hmm. with like 18 seconds left i knocked one in and just my whole my my whole objective from that point on was just keep the ball away from my side of the field and they were furious when i won <laughs> did you give yourself a little i did it was one of those it was one <laughs> of those where i when i got done with it like i was i could feel just adrenaline like that was awesome and you don't get that from a game that often because it's yeah. super tense. I mean, watching it back, it's like, yeah, whatever. But, you know, when you're playing it, mm-hmm. yeah. you have that mindset, like, I can win this. I can do it. And then you do it, and you're like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And then later yeah. last night, I was on the receiving end of a 2v1 beatdown. Oh. But to my defense, they were already up 7-3 when the other guy dropped. So that we yeah. had no chance anyway, because yeah. there was like a minute left. If you could add one new feature to Rocket League, what would it be? Well, you and I talked a little bit about this in terms of adding something like destruction or weapons. Because you can technically Mm -hmm. destroy somebody now if you ram into them hard enough. But they're only gone for two or three seconds. And they usually drop them back into a really optimal place. Yeah. But. It's true. um, I don't know. Let me think about it. What would you add? I think I would have some sort of like weapons mode but it would have to be separate to the the core game because i don't think they should really mess with that too much it's got a good thing going but and then in the and the weapons mode should just be like a toggle like on off Um, and but i'm not sure about actually 
launching missiles at each other or something. I'm not sure how you do that, but they could have things like laying down fake boosters or oil slick or something like that. You know, just like to throw people off and or something like a like a force field that increases your car's contact yeah. surface yeah, to hit exactly. the wall. Yeah, stuff like that. They could definitely or have all that. like a like a super superpower where you activate it, you get it once per match, and it it gravitates the ball towards you or something like that, like a magnet. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's, there's loads of stuff they could do. I think they've got a really a good thing going with the core game, but they could make some little nice. I think it. It does come down to the point, though, where if it isn't broke, don't try to fix it. Yeah. I mean, it works as it is, and usually true. things become less fun as they get more convoluted. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'd be happy if they left it as it was, but I have a feeling that they, they may add features, and I'm just wondering what... I'm I totally think. fine with them adding features as long as they leave the core gameplay to play. And if they just add more stadiums... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it'd be cool if they had maybe like a like a double decker stadium or something with a goal on top and bottom, and you have it's huh. eight on eight or something like that, and the ball can be kicked down between the two of them, or there's two balls going at once. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be good. Yeah, it's Rocket League. Get it? Get it? Get it? <laughs> That's the official review. <laughs> Get it? That's the summary right there. Yeah, I, we don't give scores. We give get it or don't get it. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's definitely entertaining. Um, anybody who's kind of on the fence about it, you should definitely pick it up. Even if you don't have buddies to play it with, yeah, it's still just I, something uh, to. Yeah, I even had to go on the season mode. That's actually quite fun as well. How does that work? It's just like um, like any sports game. You just have cpu players and you have to move up the ranks and stuff like that it's not great i mean you might as well just play it online but i had a little go on it just to see what all the fuss was about so i think the one deciding factor that might convince jess to purchase this is the ability to deck out your cars yes there's like 15 different chassis you can choose from they all handle 100 percent the same except we kind of felt like the uh the van <laughs> was a little bit slower and bulkier but it's it's not yeah um, it's but you can choose paint jobs decals you can put hats on your car uh you can put f- different types of antennas on and then every car you can put different booster trails behind like right now i'm just spewing cash out the back <laughs> that's hilarious and Tom is Mr. Flower Power. Yeah, a bit of flowers come out of mine. It was like a neon pink, but I thought I thought I'd get a bit funky with it. Nice. And they all make obnoxious sounds too. So the whole game <laughs> is just filled with annoying sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's cool though. Would oh, this be a game you're inter- you'd be interested in, Jess, or is this totally not your cup of tea? I didn't think it would be because I'm not a big car person or sports game person. So I feel like those two are just, but it sounds like it's a lot more arcadey and less. If you, if you look at the overall concept of the game, cars hitting a giant ball (laughs) into a net, the absurdity of that alone is worth the price of entry. That's true. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, like I'm not massively into either, but when you combine them, it's a here's, sweet here, equation. Here's a reference for you, Jess. You know how much I just loathe soccer. <laughs> this is soccer with cars, and I can't put it down. I feel like it's more mutant leaky in terms of the environment, yeah. maybe. Oh, definitely. Minus, yeah. well, yeah, you still have the explosions, but it's still, mm-hmm. at its core, this is soccer with cars. And I hate soccer. And Dan hates soccer, but he loves Rocket League. Yeah. Which I was amazed by. But This will not get me to start watching soccer, though. That is a promise. <laughs> <sighs> a disappointment. It's, it's all right. So... <laughs> So when we just you... have to strap soccer players to cars, and that's how you'll watch soccer. Oh, totally. Just remove all of the players, put high-powered sports cars, <laughs> give them all hydraulics <laughs> and nitrous oxide, and we've got ourselves a sport. Hell yeah. What, uh, what's your timeline for getting a PS4, Jess? I don't know, because I'm like 90%... No, like ninety eight percent getting a PC. What you can get? You can get Rocket League on PC and still play with us. Oh yeah, you can. Then that's good. And then probably after that, save for a PS Four. So you're looking to play Fallout on the PC? Yes. Why? Because I feel like it's going to be a lot better in terms. Like I was irritated with Fallout, like on ps3 they all glitch so bad so so bad it'll still glitch on pc but the benefit of having it intense yeah plus you'll have the modding community behind you it's true i really want all of my ladies to wear bikinis (laughs) that's cool when does fallout 4 come out november 3rd i think okay I'm glad that my laptop isn't too powerful because the Steam sales and all the GOG sales and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, I could sink so much money into that. They're so cheap. I have hundreds of Steam games I've never touched. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Like it, And they've got so many like obscure titles as well, like little indie ones that you can just pick up for a few dollars, and they're really interesting um, and unique and stuff. So, Like To the Moon! To the Moon. Yes. Never that is it. a game that that uh, you absolutely have to play. It's Were we going to talk about that soonish or no? Was that a thing? 10 out of 10, apparently. Different. We were going to talk about... We'll talk about that later. But yeah. To the Moon is... It's an experience game, basically. I mean, it's, it's a game, but it's more of just an interactive story. Oh, and uh, it's probably one of the most depressing games I've ever played. But that sounds exactly like the sort of game I'd like. Oh, and the the best way, if you're going to play it, I think it's four bucks or ten bucks on GOG right now. Totally worth it. But you have to play it through from start to finish in one sitting. Don't break it up. How long does it take? Maybe three and a half hours. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, totally do it in one sitting. Because I did it in one sitting... And I told Kevin to do it in one sitting, and he said, I'm glad I did it in one sitting. Because you become so engrossed in it, and that's the the point of the game, is 
to engross you in the story and it's it just drops these breadcrumbs of like okay i think i know what's going on and then it just takes this huge dip down into like oh my god this is actually happening i think i'm just gonna be so emotional playing it yeah it's really really good uh, there's a follow-up to it called bird story or something like that but we could play that for one show i'd be willing to play through it again um, you played recently eric what's that wasn't there a similar game that you played recently to that like uh on the vita oh we're gonna talk about that one later oh okay yeah hashtag Ooh. hashtag save it for later in the show hashtag let's move on to the real point of the show today oh sans dan uh we hopefully all minus tom finished up minish cap yes Jess, did you... Tom and I were discussing this last night. Did you actually finish it, or was that sarcasm? No, I totally finished it, like... Nice! Night before we were supposed to do the original show. Oh, you had the whole game done last weekend? Yeah. Oh, nice. So we all finished the last show just after the Temple of Wind, correct? Yeah. the, uh, the, 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 The fire cave. We were just getting there, I think. I think, yeah, it was right before we all got the flippers is right where we ended. Yeah. Um, so I have a f- bit of a fun story about that. I was playing it on the PSP, emulating it, and I always get really comfortable with the save states with emulators <laughs> instead of actually using the game's physical save slot because that still works also. And probably about two days before the show i hopped in bed it was super late like you know what i'm just gonna play for 20 minutes i was i was pretty much at the last temple i'd gotten the cape i was jumping around and i load up the emulator and instead of hitting load i hit save and overwrote my only game save at the end of the game oh and you only would do one at a time i thought i had saved multiple slots but i hadn't because occasionally what i'll do is i'll do save state one and then like save state nine yeah in case Mm -hmm. and i'll do that like every other time i save i'll save it to both just so that i have a backup i for some reason hadn't done that so i lost my entire game and for a while i figured you know what while we're doing a show on sunday i'm not even going to try to start this game over and beat it because it's like a 15 hour game and I just don't have the time to dump into that in two days. So I just yeah. kind of wrote it off as I don't have time. But um, then we decided we weren't going to do the show. And it kind of dawned on me, like, I might be able to beat this again. So I pulled out my my DS that I had just gotten and the actual cartridge and played through the entire game again. And I had it done in two days. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. That is, that would, I would, that would have taken me ages to complete. It takes it's me ages really, to complete games. It's not that long. Zelda games typically aren't that long if you know what you're doing. I remembered all, all of the puzzles and the progressions for the dungeons, and oh, okay, the the longest portions of this game are when you have to go into the Minish world and just figure shit out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I feel uh, like there's a lot of like side quests that you can do too that eats up a lot of time. Yeah. Well, the uh, the L button on my DS didn't work. 
Oh, so initially, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, how am I going to fuse kinstones and get all my treasure? And uh, I think, Jess, you were talking about me and, and destroying all of their happiness, which I don't their give a crap about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about your hopes and dreams. I want my treasure hidden in the tree on the other side of town. <laughs> but then I got to the Caster Wilds, where you've got those three statues that you have to fuse kinstones with. Yeah. And I got there and went, well, this is where my journey ends, because no matter what I did, that L button wouldn't work. And by that time, I already put like seven hours into this and figured, okay, I'm, I'm halfway. I'm not just going to give up. That's so depressing. So I went online and I just typed in Nintendo DS Lite, how to fix L button. And <laughs> clicked on the first uh, first YouTube video. And it was some guy who um, was talking about taking wet Q-tips and rubbing them around the outside of the L button to kind of loosen up some gunk that's in there. And, and I'm like, you know what? Putting water on an electronic device is not a good idea. So I started scrolling down to the comments just to see if anybody else had anything intelligent to say. And of course they didn't. But one comment caught my eye and it was, I, I totally started off thinking, this guy's just trolling everyone. So his comment was something to the effect of, what you need to do is you need to grip the DS with both hands, wrap your lips tightly around the L button, and blow as hard as you can. And I'm thinking, this is a joke for just blow your DS because it's screwed. Say, did you look for cameras around you when you did that? Yeah. So I uh, I, I click on the, the replies thinking people are like, you're a fucking idiot. And every single reply under there was, oh, my God, thank you. It worked. So two thought processes went through my head. The first was there's clearly more than one person in on this joke. And then the second process was, okay, this probably works. And I went with the second process, and sure enough, I grabbed the DS with both hands, I puckered up to that L button and blew as hard as I could, and sure as shit, it worked. My Amazing. question, though, is how did he ever get that idea to do that in the first place? That's the million-dollar question. I have no idea. Hmm. Like it, just funny. what goes through somebody's head when he's like, hmm, how can I get this story? I don't know, make out with it. Yeah, <laughs> the kiss of life, eh? And I mean, it, it wasn't a permanent fix. Every so often, it would stop working, but I would just wrap my lips around it again and start blowing, <laughs> and it would work. I can't so I got, handle this. <laughs> <laughs> I got very intimate with Zelda this past week. <laughs> oh man. Oh, nice. So just just know that if any part of your DS doesn't work, just make out with it. Noted. Noted. <laughs> it's, uh... So back to the game, though, the game proper. Um, I think I was talking with Dan a little bit about this, too, and this, this game has very quickly risen in the ranks to one of one of my favorite Zelda games just because of how... Um, how clever the whole thing is especially the last half the first half is like okay this is kind of neat but then once you start putting all of the elements of it together and you start to see how complex that world is where you know that i have to have this item this item and this item to get to this area but oh then i can get back down to this area where i was before and just it's so intricate 
Yeah. Nice. I, I didn't get, I wish I got further. I didn't get that far, unfortunately. I got as far as, um, well, first I got to the Minish Woods. <laughs> so you made it four seconds right. into the game. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was in the Minish Woods and then I got taught how to shrink into yeah. a tree trunk, which, by the way, the game looks really nice for a Game Boy Advance game. Oh, like, yeah. You know, when you're wandering through the, uh, the woods as a miniature guy, like, and it's all zoomed in as if someone's put a magnifying glass over the game, you know, and you got like yeah. the kind of the leaves hanging over the screen and stuff. It was like nice, pretty fancy artwork. And then I got into the first dungeon and I had to beat a snake thing. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I got given a jar where I had to fire like suck spider webs up. Or yeah. Something. The gust jar. Yeah. That's the thing. And then, I said, so then I was like, oh, okay, so I'll put it in place of the shield. Then I was like, oh, but I want to have the shield. Okay, I'll put that in place of the jar. Oh, wait, I need the jar again. And I was getting a bit frustrated with the whole two-button thing. That was a bit... But you said that you annoying. played through Link's Awakening. It's the same thing. Yeah, but I played through Link's Awakening in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> and I have not played as Zelda game since. <laughs> so you got to really... remember, though, Tom, the Game Boy Advance had four buttons i know so how come you, you were... can't assign because l is like... fuse kinstones r is roll can't... i didn't fuse anything <laughs> you didn't well because you played like 12 minutes of it hey i put a good hour in that game <laughs> but, you know because i really suck at zelda games but um i actually got stuck that's why i stopped playing it is difficult um, there are very hard parts to this yeah, I got stuck somewhere at the end of that dungeon that I was just speaking about. But I feel like a lot of the times you are overthinking the issue. Yeah. Like, there are so many times that I just sat there and I was like, how the frick am I getting past this? And I was like, oh, yeah, that gush jar thing that I got, like, 12 hours ago. <laughs> That's a thing I can use here. That thing's yeah. a ton of fun because there are parts later in the game where... Um, you have to use the gust jars. You're standing on a lily pad to kind of push yourself down this little tiny trickle of a stream, avoiding yeah. enemies. That's cool. Or I would uh, like you to go back to it. Yeah, it's it's a quick play if you avoid all the side quests. Yeah. Um, some of the later dungeons have spider webs that are on the wall that'll if you if you touch them they'll bounce you into enemies. But you can use the gust jar to suck the spider webs off the wall. Uh, different enemies you can suck the shield off of them or or yeah capture enemies and shoot them into each other there's a lot of really cool items but the the items in this game are a little bit lacking it didn't have your uh zelda standard grappling hook um, it had the hook shot but you couldn't really use it it didn't no, have a hook shot damn this is i'm getting the two games <laughs> confused that i played oh link so uh link between worlds yeah um hmm. I did like the cape in this one, though, because in Link's Awakening, you got what's called Rock's Feather, and it allows you to jump. Yeah. But in this one, you actually have a cape, and you can jump and then glide. Yeah, that was so cool. It gives you the ability to jump long distances, and that came into some really cool play up in the Sky Palace. Yeah. and uh, Which is probably one of the most difficult Zelda dungeons in recent memory. Blimey. Yeah. Um, I didn't get that far. No, clearly. But I do like that when you um 
when you save game on the actual game itself, not with save states, and then reload, you tend to be exactly where you saved. Oh, it doesn't drop you to the last door? Yeah, that's cool, because my biggest memory of... I only played about an hour of it, of um, Ocarina of Time, was you'd be like somewhere deep into a level and they're like, oh, I'll just save this and then switch off and come back to it. And yeah. I switch back on and I'm in my treehouse or whatever, like right at the start. Yeah, this is no Demon Souls. Irritating. Um, oh, yeah. Jess, what did you think of the very last Dark Castle dungeon? That one was... I need to bring up a picture or else I'm getting it confused with Between Worlds. It's the one where after you go through the whole cloud level, you get back down to the castle. You think you save Princess Zelda, and then you have to go through the destroyed castle and make your way all the way up to the top to fight Vadi. Yeah, okay. So this one, like, I was actually super thankful that there was a room with two jars with fairies in them. Because that saved my life. But, oh my god, it was so so painful because i found the i don't know what they're called but the the big guys with the shield and the sword Mm -hmm. those were challenging um i found them a lot easier when i was using the cape to like kind of jump over them and then get them from behind oh i didn't even think about doing that i used the pegasus boots and i ran through them and then would instantly turn around to hit them oh and sometimes as you're charging through them it would hit them as well but there was yeah. that that whole portion where you had four you had to get four keys to unlock those four blocks so you could move the big block to make your way up to the final the final battle and then yeah. to get the keys there were four rooms that had varying amounts of those giant knights yeah. and I think I beat the game with one and a half rows worth of hearts so I had a good amount but again the fairies were invaluable but i always forget that when you have a fairy in a jar and you dump it out it doesn't restore all of your health it restores yeah, only like five five hearts yeah but uh after you beat all of those you have to make your way up to what you assume is the last stretch before the final boss but no there's a guy swinging a ball on a chain just and destroys those guys oh fuck him totally because you works. lose at least a quarter of your health trying to get down that hallway because you can't go around him, so you have to charge through him. And then if you miss the stairs, he's going to hit you a good three or four more times. And then the next room, you have to defeat three more of those knights before you can get into the final boss. And they're all together. Yes. Which was super... I found that they're actually not as hard to get hits on when it was three of them versus when it was just one. I don't know. Hmm. I would use bombs. Because if you drop a bomb and then you stand in one place and just have your shield up, they'll bounce off of you and then they'll all get hit with the bomb. But you run out of bombs real quick. Yeah. So I think this game had one of the most difficult Zelda endings of any Zelda game I've played. Yeah, because then you have like the first phase with the boss. That one was super easy. He looked like... Because you think it's over. Oh yeah, they give you that 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 uh, that false sense of hope. Like, hey, this is this is done. You did it. Way to go, easy game. 
But um, <laughs> so so the first version of him is he's just this eye inside of a cape, and he's got these little minions that swing around him. You just have to destroy those, and that's when you destroy them, you can attack the eye, and you do that three times, and then that version of him is done. Um, I forgot what the second version was. That one, he was like a floating eye, and you had to... Oh, no, he was a floating thing with like six eyes around him, and then they would turn on, and you had to replicate yourself in that shape so you could hit him. But then as you were like making copies of yourself, if they hit like one of those spiky things that it threw out, or... Um, a rock or him in a different way, they would disappear and you'd have to go back and that was that was a part of this game that I we kind of forgot to talk about is that as you collect the elements, you can fuse them into your sword, which then allow you to replicate yourself out into multiple Zeldas that you have to use to solve puzzles. And the last boss had six no eight of those in a square and then, the, the like you said, Jess, the, the, the boss has eight eyes around him. And then you'd have to shoot each of the eight eyes to get certain ones to open up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And whichever ones opened up, you then had to replicate yourself into that exact pattern while avoiding what he's shooting, avoiding what's on the ground, and then get next to him in that pattern to hit those eyes with your replicated Zeldas or links. Yeah. That was a very difficult part. And then once that's... You had to do like six times. Once that's done, then they really make you think, okay, this is it. Game over. And you go down and you collect Zelda and then boom, third phase, which was by far the most difficult. Because I couldn't figure out what the fuck to do. What was the third one again? The third one is where he is the big floating eye with the two disembodied arms that go down into the ground and then come up. Oh. you have to use the uh, Picori cane to pop the arm out of the ground. And yes. then you have to shrink yourself, go into the arm. And this is where I couldn't figure out what to do because there's like 15, 20 different little dust bunny enemies in there. And you just hit them all and nothing happens. And it took me forever to actually figure out that there's one with a, yes. with a microscopic red eye. And you have to kill the one that has the red eye. Yeah. Super obnoxious. And that one was a faster one, too. Yes. Very, very difficult. And here's the kicker, Tom. If you die, you have to go all the way back. You lose all of the items that you used, and you have to go back to the beginning, not the beginning of the castle, but before you even make the run up to the boss. You have to fight the asshole on the bridge. You have to fight the three... um, the night guards again, and then all three forms of body again. I think the final boss took me four attempts, five attempts. Oh yeah. No. And then on the final boss too, you have to hit those energy beams back at him. Oh yeah. Four of them and then hit the energy beams out. So that, yeah, you destroy both the arms and then he develops four eyes in front of him. And then down at the bottom of the screen, there are four, um, blocks like the, whatever yeah for those replicating pads tiles but he's shooting shit at you and then there's like 
energy beams circling around and the way it works is you have to hold your sword to do the spin move and once that's full then you have to track yourself across the four pads and then you replicate but if any single one of you gets hit they all disappear so you've got this line of four links wide that you have to navigate through so something's spinning in a circle you have to come in from the side quick enough to avoid it because you can't go straight on yeah. And then he shoots energy beams out of those eyes, and you have to bounce them back with your sword. But if you don't hit them just right, they'll bounce off at goofy angles. And then some of them, too, he would freak you out and do two shots of the, like, lasers yep. instead of the bouncing back ones. So you would be like, screw. <laughs> I think I had expended, because probably after dying the third time, I said, you know what? I need to go get another jar. Um I wasn't going to go through the whole Gorin quest to try to get the fourth jar up in the sky. Yeah. But I had three jars, and every time I died, I'd go back out. And you know that part in the castle where you had to evade the guards over in the garden? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a, a, a fairy fountain over there with three yeah. fairies, and I'd go in, and I'd get the three fairies, and then go fight. And um, after I had the third jar is finally when I did it, but I still had maybe half a heart left when I won. Yeah. I was, like, down to the wire. It's a frustrating end, but, man, is it gratifying. Yeah. Because most Zelda games, you don't really have to have a ton of hearts. They're more or less just like, okay, this is kind of cool, but (laughs) this game, get as many hearts as you possibly can. You need every last one of them. Yeah, because it's the leading up to the boss that kills you, too. Because you have no time to get... I think there's maybe two hearts in the room with the boss. Something like that, yeah. Well, the the room that has the three knights has four hearts in it. But the one thing that I discovered is the the second form, when he shoots out those purple uh, dust piles, if you break enough of them, hearts start popping out. Yeah. So I just kind of farmed hearts for a little bit. I didn't get too many. I think I only got four, but still, that that was enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed this game. That I'm I'm surprised I played through it a second time because I just really wanted to see how this game ended. And when I finally got up to the point where I'd overwritten my game save, I was maybe an hour from the end. I was right there. <laughs> that so sucks. Yeah, I, I could not have gone through it again, no matter how good the game was. So that's impressive. I really like the 2D top-down Zeldas, like Link's Awakening, yeah. one of my all-time favorite games. All time. I mean, I could play yeah. through that game in a few hours. I know it like the back of my hand. I love that game. I really, really enjoyed that. I liked also, what's the one on the SNES? Is it 4-something? Oh, man. You're thinking of uh, uh, Link to the Past. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Link to the Past. And um, there's one called Four like Swords the... Adventure. Yeah, it might be. Uh, no, I don't think it's that. I think it is Link to the Past. But I also liked the one on DS where you have a treasure map and stuff. That's really oh, cool. Oh, the Phantom Hourglass. Yeah, that's a really good game, man. I, the like only it's... thing I didn't like about that is you had to use the stylus to move. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That does suck. Have you played um, Spirit Tracks? No. Spear Tracks is kind of... That one's a little harder to get behind. I enjoyed Phantom Hourglass because it had a lot of the same elements as Wind Waker. 
Um, mm-hmm. It was a little bit more refined, but Spirit Tracks, you're riding a train, and you're just, it's it's a little goofy. Uh, <laughs> it's still worth yeah, yeah. playing. If you've got a DS, pick up Spirit Tracks, because it's, it's good, goofy fun. Are you on a train the whole time? No, but that's how you navigate that's... around uh, the, uh, okay. the map. I think I got to the end part where there's... There's a volcano that you need to drive your train up, but there's multiple different tracks. But according to where the volcano rocks are coming down, you have to change tracks or reverse or it just got a little too obnoxious. And I said, yeah, I'm done. I'll probably Mm. go back to it at some point, though. I just there's something about the top down Zeldas that I really enjoy. Yeah. Tom, did you play the Link's Awakening DX or did you just play the original? I wish I could remember, but the cart was um, gray with the gold sticker on the front. Yeah, probably um, just the original. I think it was. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember DX being the title. What was the difference? I don't. The DX don't was color, and there was an oh. additional dungeon, and then there was an additional quest where you could upgrade either your sword for better attack or your armor for better defense. Shit, no, I did. I played the. I definitely played the original then. I haven't played that for like, I don't know, 20 years or something. <laughs> I pick that up on my 3DS and I just pop into it every once in a while. Even just the first couple couple hours of that game are so good. I think my favorite aspect of that game is the whole trading um, yes. side quest. It's so intricately done. Yeah. For a Game Boy game, it's amazing. I remember, I think I talked about this because Jess, we covered this game in a show long time ago, didn't we? Yeah. One of the most embarrassing things about that game for me was when I was a kid and I first got it, yeah. started it up and couldn't figure out how to get my sword. I got down to the beach and I could see the sword, but I didn't know how to get to it. That was stupid, though. Well, you got to pull your shield and you got to push the urchin to go get your sword. Yeah, it was a little frustrating. God, I can't remember that. I might have to have a little go it's so that one again if you have a 3ds you should buy the uh dx version it's like five bucks i just have a normal ds Lite, but i'm sure i can oh i might pick up the original go for it okay um Yeah. yeah that's that's minish cap for anybody who's kind of on the play it yeah get it get it (laughs) Or no, go back to it. <laughs> yeah. But then, so it was actually, and I sound so like ditzy, but it was so confusing playing the two Zeldas at once in terms of items. Oh, yes. What did you think of the ending of that game? So I sent you a message yes. because at the end of Between Worlds, like, I feel like, is Dan going to play it? Probably not. It doesn't matter. He won't listen. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> the ending, you get to the end and like the Hilda, who's the low rural princess, was saying a little thing, a couple things that were a little creepy to like painting Zelda. She was like, you're so beautiful. You have this hero. And I was like, oh, this bitch is going to take over Zelda's life. Like she's going to manipulate her way into like taking Zelda's spot and keeping Link as her hero and everything. And I was like, so 100% this is how it's ending. And so 
gets to the end and it turns out that Hilda gets a little evil trying to get the Triforce. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I totally knew she was bad. Like, I knew she was such a bad person. Message Eric and I was like, ah, I so got this. Or I didn't message you yet. I was going to message you. And then after the second final boss battle, um, the, the character comes in that was selling you items the entire time or renting you items. Was it Rovio? Is that yeah. how you say it? That's what I assumed it was. <laughs> yeah, totally in this like bunny outfit that I didn't even really think was a costume. Runs in, drops his hood, and it is the low rule link. And I was like, oh my god. So good. But he I, had such a stupid name. I have yet to talk to anybody who played that game and called that plot twist. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, this is what he meant. I am not because the smartest person in the world. if you think about how that all played out, because you've got your, your, your light world and your dark world, and the dark world is crumbling, and only Link from the light world can save the dark world but link from the dark world goes to the light world to help link from the light world help the dark world it's just it's awesome i love yeah. it it was so good it was like, one of those where i actually i put my ds down and i went that is awesome like there's just very few moments like that in gaming that hit you you're like well done and I then mean, i was shocked too because i was like how did i miss like dark link like i didn't even think that he was a thing yeah you you clearly understood. Okay, there's a dark Zelda. Yeah. Oh, it was so good though. What's that called? That game? Link between, Link between worlds. worlds. Link between worlds. That that is one of my top three favorite Zelda games of all yeah. time. That one is so good. Nice. The only and thing it's that... the same map too as Link to the Past. Oh yeah. the The only thing that took a little getting used to was the fact that you could go to any dungeon at any time and use any weapon from yeah. the beginning. So yeah, there that was, was cool, though. There was no more, I have to go to this item, or I have to go to this dungeon to get this item to complete this. You could just go to the shop, buy all of the items right away, and just do the game in whatever order you want. Except for the sand rod. You needed to wait for the guy to return. Like, you had to find him to return the sand rod or something. But everything else you could go to whenever you wanted. I didn't rent any items either. I bought them all. I started renting at the beginning. And then I ended up realizing that I I had so much money that I just bought them. And that was the problem, is that money was so quick in that game. Yeah, time instead of buying the items, the items were really expensive to purchase. Like, two, three, five hundred rupees a piece. (laughs) But you could rent them for 50 or or even less. But if you die, that item disappears. All right. That's interesting. But then you didn't have to get a wallet or anything either. Like, it was automatically... I I don't think you could, like, cap the wallet, could you? Uh, Maybe, like, 10,000 rupees? I don't know. I just remember loving that game. And it's every time I'm looking through my DS games, like, I should really play that again. That was good. So it's it's three DS, right? Not normal DS. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, shucks. Just get a three DS, Tom. Ugh. You can afford to fly to islands off the coast of Africa. You can buy a two hundred dollar DS. <laughs> 
I haven't seen enough for it that I like. Although I do quite like. There's some some game called Bravely Default. Get it? That, that looks good. <laughs> that game is so good. It will ruin all other JRPGs for you, though. Why? Because you can adjust the battle meter. Where if you are stuck in a dungeon somewhere and you want to get out, you can just turn random encounters off at any time and walk out. Oh. Yeah, okay. I can see that ruining everything. Do you know what ruins um, the old Final Fantasies for me sometimes? Like Final Fantasy VIII, for example, is not being able to skip through the summons. That's (laughs) The last playthrough that we did... For the show, I don't think I used summons more than 10 times the whole game. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not surprised. But, I mean, speaking of playthroughs, how is Legend of Dragoon going? We just need to set a date for the first show. Yeah, okay. We'll probably do it this week. Nice. So, um, Any other games you guys want to chat about? Um, I've been playing that. I, I mentioned it on the show a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned that I was playing Snatcher for the Mega CD. Snatcher! Oh. Snatcher. Snatcher. I'm, like two, I'm only like two hours into it, but it's it's such a cool game. Um, it's a Kojima game from the mid-90s, and it just does some really interesting things. Like uh, there's this bit when you're in an abandoned factory, and um, there's apparently a bomb like that's about to go off. And your little sidekick with you, his name is Metal Gear, this little robot thing. And he's like, oh, can't you hear the bomb? And you're like, no. And he goes, oh, you need to turn up the volume on your TV. So I turned the volume on my PSP all the way up. And sure enough, there was this ticking. And then um, and then on the way, it was like, run, get out of the building. Bomb's going to go. So we ran out of the building. And then the bomb goes off. It's super loud. Bang. And the character's like, oh, my ears are ringing. And then... Metal Gear goes, oh, it's because you didn't turn your TV down. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just little things like that that just make me think, this is a really special game. Like, this is uh, way ahead of its time. Like, breaking that fourth wall and stuff. Like, it was really And cool. that was on Sega CD? Yeah. This is so, 994. are you playing this on your computer? This is on my PSP I'm playing it. But oh, you can play it on your computer yeah. as well. Yeah. I may need to get some information from you about Holy that. Shit. On where I can acquire a copy. Yes. Um, So one more thing I want to chat about. Tom and I have been playing around with a capture card that uh, Avermedia sent me. And for a while, I didn't have anything to capture games. Dan and I would use an old one that Avermedia sent me a few years ago, but it didn't have HDMI input and all that. And we wanted to obviously capture a ton of our awesome Rocket League stuff. So... (laughs) Avermedia offered to send me uh, one of their Live Gamer HDs, which is a built-in one, and now since I have a decent computer, I can handle that. Um, it's kind of my first foray into actual streaming cards, and it's kind of been interesting. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence. I think I still need to play around with it a little bit more, but... Um, as it stands now, I think we finally got it dialed into something that doesn't look like garbage. <laughs> it takes uh, it can take a lot of tweaking with those kinds of things, right? Because you just don't know the output until you've saved and yeah. outputted it properly and stuff. Well, but, it, what's interesting yeah. about it is it's it, it's really small. It's just a PCIe card, 
and it's got an HDMI in and an HDMI out. So you can treat it as a straight pass-through, and then that pass-through can also record. And the first time we started playing with it, we would do pass-through to my monitor as well as record as well as stream. So it can do all three of those things, but man, the quality took a dump when we tried doing all three of those things. And I don't know if that's because I don't have um, enough processing power or if I didn't offload it properly to have the program do the encoding for the streaming because the card can do it all internally. But I think that's kind of where some things started to get mucked up. And Mm -hmm. as soon as we pulled that off and just started recording and started playing around with the bit rates and capturing at 1080p, it still looks it still looks okay. I still want to, I don't know, I, that video that I put up last night was recorded in full 1080p, 60 frames, but it didn't look like it, did it, Tom? It's not quite, but it's hard to tell. So, um, I'm, yeah. I went to other YouTube channels where people were recording stuff like Rocket League and did comparison videos, and it looks mm-hmm. on par with them, so I don't want to falsely say that this card doesn't capture good quality, because I think it's right on par with everything else. Um yeah, I think I'm trying to set my standards based on like video game trailers that companies put out, and that's really not a good standard of comparison. Yeah, um, it looks like similar quality to. Have you ever used the PS4 share option just to upload a video clip? Oh, this that? is a thousand times better than that. Yeah, when I was, when I was just thinking because I made a few clips on that, and it, I think it outputs at 720. Yeah. So when I compared mine that I'd made with yours, there was a clear difference. With mine being better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think with a bit more tweaking, you could probably get more out of it. But for now, for, if you left it for what it is, it's it's decent. It's yeah, decent it's, enough. it's not terrible. It's a, it's actually a really simple card to use. Uh, it comes with two programs, the Avermedia uh, Rec Central or ReCentral, which is kind of where you do all your settings. And then... You can actually utilize this card through XSplit or OBS. Um, there's a, a program called Stream Engine that you open up, and it activates that card to be recognized by other broadcasting solutions. So it's very intuitive. It's it's quite literally plug and play and go. It might not be the highest end streaming model out there, but it's something that I think for 169, maybe 200 at the top end. That's good. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So I'm gonna do a get my my written review up. I did a a fun little uh, unboxing video. The thing is awesome. That probably my favorite feature of it is that other streaming cards you have to set up hotkeys for recording, and this one comes yeah. with a little USB button that you just set on your desk. And when the the card is on and the program is open, the button is red. And then if you want to start recording, you just tap it and it starts pulsating. And then when you want to stop, you just hit it again, and it goes back to red. So you don't need to set up hotkeys or anything. It's literally just tap a button, and it starts recording. That is oh. so cool. Yeah. it's. I mean, hotkeys aren't that hard to set up. Like, oh, function F7 and record. But it's just a cool little feature. that. That's kind of the one thing I've always really liked about Aver is their stuff looks cool. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking of getting one of like a capture card, so... If it's if you recommend it, then they I'll have, have to look into it. they have a portable version of this, which is the Live Gamer HD portable, and it's just a USB plug in and go. And this one, obviously, you don't have a gaming PC, so you wouldn't really yeah. be able to utilize that. So the portable version um, 
from what I've read and I understand so far is is exactly on par with this one. It's just external. Nice. And so, it's, I guess it's a bit cheaper. I haven't looked at pricing on that one. So, okay. I enjoy this one. It's it does its job. I'd like to figure out how to get it better at streaming, but Oh yeah, cuz it's like toilet, right? It's oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it is real bad. But then again, I we don't really do a whole lot of that. Most of the streaming we do is retro games. So, yeah. uh, let's see if we have any emails. I haven't seen any pop through, but if you want to send us an email, factory sealed at manatank.com is where you can find us. I don't see any. Um, so yeah, send us some emails. Send any, us your thoughts. Any final thoughts from you two? No. Rocket League. <laughs> Tommy, you want to play some Rocket League later today? Yes. Yes. It'll probably have to be a little later. Um, That's fine. I think in honor of Dan being gone, hopefully his internet is fixed by next week, he made the suggestion that we play Rocket Knight Adventure for the Genesis. Hmm. Never and heard of it. That game has already made me feel like a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah i'll explain that next week so i think we should play that tom i'm actually going to start playing snitcher yeah you should definitely i want to i want to talk to somebody about it okay i'll uh get that up and going sweet do you have any other suggestions uh, jess i know but the game that we were going to talk oh, about oh yes yes okay so you may remember back to episode five, and if you don't, you could probably go listen to it. Um, Was that that long ago? Episode five, February of 2013. Oh my god. Two and a half years ago, I stumbled upon a game where the whole premise of the game is to just not commit suicide. And... <laughs> I bungled the name of it in the episode. I don't really remember what I was calling it, but it's called Actual Sunlight, and it just popped up on the PSN store this past Tuesday for Vita, and I believe it's also on PC for uh, Windows and on Steam. And it's very similar in the same vein of To the Moon, where it's, it's an experience. It's really not a game. It's just basically an interactive monologue where you drive this guy through his mundane shitty life and just prevent him from killing himself and i was i sent out a tweet about it and the developer caught that tweet and he and i started uh chatting about it and um he agreed to come on our show so we just need to all play it obviously and then have him come on and we're going to chat about his game so i think it's only five bucks on steam five bucks on ps vita so cool definitely uh definitely pick that up it's it's an experience game is what it is if you're looking for something with tons of action probably not your game but mm -hmm. um, I, yeah i saw, I saw the link and uh to the official website and it looks really interesting i'd love to give it a go thank you so i'll chat yeah. with him his name is will o'neill and set up a time it'll probably not be next week but maybe we can shoot for the 30th so two weeks from now, we'll probably shoot for having him on. So, Jess, where Sounds can we find good. you on Twitter? I am a Jess. Tom? 
Hyperjelly. You can find me at Honest Pizza. That's going to do it for this week. We will see you all next time. 